This is Air Commander Starscream, and you are listening to Half Measures. Uh, Half Measures? Sounds like Megatron's battle strategy. <laughs> Kia and welcome to episode 155 of the Half Measures Podcast. I am once again joined by my friend and co-host, Mr. Paul Canella. Paul, we've had storms, we've had earthquakes, we've had flooding. How you doing, pal? Kia ora, Dan. I am fortunate enough to say I am good. And I tell you what, I am very relieved to be able to say that because, my goodness, what a week this country has suffered. Yeah, I, I feel like the the North Island, particularly the Upper North Island, has been absolutely ravaged. Like this, I have never seen so much carnage in my lifetime, and things underwater, roads disappearing, which I I just would have never imagined. Yeah, oh, like devastating, like scenes. The it's you know some of it's just it's so upsetting. The communities, the people who are there, so many who are separated from the Fano, and like it's just. I mean, I was up in Auckland a few weeks ago with my wife from when that first storm hit but in in 20 years of living in New Zealand I've never seen anything like this cyclone and I just feel for those those people there it's just unreal really is Mm, mm. Our um, our thoughts go out to those affected by the uh, adverse weather. Hopefully, hopefully those things have passed and we can get on the road to recovery. But Paul, like all good things, what have you been watching this week? Well, Dan, I have a a couple of things to to talk about this week. Um, there's a show I've binged two seasons of. Uh, and so that's probably why I've got less than normal, but two seasons of Russian Doll. So this is a series that came out 2019, and both seasons um, currently available on Netflix. There are more coming. Uh, not sure how much you might know about the show. The synopsis for this one, a cynical young woman in New York keeps dying, and returning to the party that's been thrown in her honor that same evening, and she tries to find a strange, uh, sorry, a way out of this strange loop. So, this is, a, I want to say it's a very unique premise because it is, but then also, when you think about when we've been talking about the Lazarus Project, there are some similarities in there in terms of you die, you go back to where you, you were previously in the game, you, um, except in this case, you go back to the same point each time, you take. She takes her memories with her. So it, it it is very unique from a comedy sense for me. It's got elements of Groundhog Day perhaps, but this is very complex. It's not, for me, it's not an Adonet comedy, but it's really, really funny. Has this one come on your radar much, Dan? Um, it has been on my radar. So I think I might have seen maybe the first one or two episodes and I'm pretty sure I remember at the time thinking, oh, I was watching it by myself and I remember thinking, oh, I should stop watching this and watch it with Samara. And one thing led to another. We haven't got back to it, but um, I, I'm interested in it. So I'm really interested to see how, how you found it. Yeah. Oh, I 
straight off the bat, we're going to say this is a full recommendation. This is one of those shows for me where the where the lead has to be cast right, and the lead actress in this she is cast Im- impeccably. Natasha Leon, no one else, I, I don't think, could make this show what it is like she does. She's absolutely stunning. She's she's hilarious. I can't imagine anyone else um, doing this role the same justice. Her voice is just absolutely superb. I actually can't imagine her playing anyone else, but I'm now really keen to see her because she's got a part in Ryan Johnson's Poker Face series that started earlier this year. So I want to watch that. So we'll see how we go. But yeah, this series for me, a really um, brilliant story. Those elements of time travel, um combined with comedy really really work my one problem with this show is that season one is so good like out the gate if we if i'd watched this back in 2019 i think i would be talking about this as a potential for my you know top 10 2019 Mm -hmm. season two has a lot of great moments but it's just something's missing it's just not up to the standard the story tries to be a little bit too complex and i didn't think they needed to iterate perhaps as much as they tried to but i would definitely say to everyone to give to give season one a, a full go because it's it's top quality and it's uh it's a nice little palate cleanser as well if you want to sort of binge it over a period of time yeah no i'm definitely keen i love it when there's a, a couple of seasons out of a show uh even though i'm a bit late late to the party and because what are we sort of talking episode length there are they about half an hour yeah so half an hour and uh, oh that's good there's three there's a so yeah we've got what have we got uh, 15 episodes so far across two seasons so it's you know it's a you can easily like i you know in, in a week you can easily do the whole lot i think we were so invested after season one that we kind of gave season two a bit of leeway as it started off perhaps not as strong, mm-hmm. but by the end of it, it was quite clear that they were two different things. And uh, it's a little bit of a shame. So I'm really looking forward to this one coming back as a, you know, as a strong third season, I feel. Nice, nice. Do we know where we're at with the third season? Is it in development, filming started? Um, no, I don't have any update on that. Classic Half Measure, Dan, but I... All I know, let's have a look what I've got here. Oh, it was only renewed uh, in April this year. So I guess, uh, sorry, April 2022. Sorry, so I guess That's it's yeah. mm. probably a ways off. But um, yeah, definite recommendation. Awesome. And there's some, there are some, I don't want to talk too much in terms of details of spoilers, but there are um, some casts that turn up in this, in some guest episodes that are, are really good fun to see show up as well. Yeah. This is a 100% I recommendation. Will... It'll be in my mix when we come to our pick of the week. Put it that way, Dan. Wow, that's a, this is a big call. This is, do you know, I wouldn't have picked this as a, as a TV show for you, so consider me intrigued. Yep, give it a go. I'll be keen to hear what you have to say. Um, my The other thing I want to talk about, um, and this is something I've been doing across um, a number of weeks with a weekly watch for 26 episodes, so it's taken, you know, basically six months to get here is season two of star trek voyager uh which is uh, a show i watch one episode a week every week with my now nine-year-old daughter and it's a weekly treat and then i go away and i listen to the roddenberry mission log podcast as they review that episode each week as well and uh season two 
is, you know, as I say, 26 episodes, so it's a proper old school season, is a really great watch. And as a rewatch, it's a lot of fun. And there's so many great stories coming back to me. So this just briefly is the show where the ship gets thrown halfway across the galaxy uh, and then to come to get back home at even at maximum speed is going to take them 70 years. So basically it's a story of a, a ship of people, you know, trying to get home to the, to their Fano. And it's, um, it's yeah, for me, it's just been a, a beautiful weekly treat. It's been great watching it with my daughter. She's a diehard Trekkie now, which I'm quite proud of the, the casting decision for me to put, Kate Mulgrew as the captain and it was a last minute switch to have her play it was so good she is such a great actress such a great character as Captain Janeway strong great morals great role model she's fair she's wise she's she's just fantastic and Star Trek Voyager for me is aged really so much better because it was historically was as I say was reviewed very poorly this is this is good, Paul. I think my my favourite thing about all of this is that just th- this relationship that you're sort of out of sort of bond over with your daughter and watch this. And I can imagine this is going to be a story that she tells for years to come. Um, and the fact that you've got so many more seasons to to sit down and watch together is it's awesome. Yeah, that's the thing. And it's um, you know we've still got five more seasons. We've just kicked off season three actually, um, so we're already underway. And interesting for me. Season two, from memory, wasn't as strong a season as some of the later seasons as well. So for me to be enjoying it this early is also um, a really good a really good sign. There are a couple of, as as always, a couple of very poor episodes that if I, if anyone sort of listening to this thinking, oh, I might give it a go, I would say if you just want to watch the hits, I would say skip episodes Elogium and the episode Tattoo. And on the on the flip side of that, some of the great stories, if you just want to try a couple from this season, Deadlock, Projections, Basics, Death Wish, featuring the return of Q, who turned up in Picard as well. And controversially, I would also recommend a much-hated episode called Threshold, which is famous for being one of the most hated Star Treks in the history of Star Trek. I actually rate it, and I would love to hear views around that episode. The other thing which I will again put out there for anyone who does turn it on and goes whoa it's a four three the old the old school square format mm-hmm. which you know isn't ideal it's standard definition too so when you put those two things together on a on a nice big modern tv it's uh it's not packing the punch visually that it should but neither of those things matter uh, and from you know for my daughter they're not even a thing that register for her it's about these characters these stories and this overarching story of about a bunch of people that all just want to get home it's a real wholesome weekly watch um and somehow it keeps me grounded and yeah yeah i'm a trekkie so obviously i'm gonna talk it up but i i do feel like anyone as we've talked about in the past and coming in this is not a place i would say it would be a bad place to start Mm-hmm. do you find your daughter sort of been like can we watch more than one or are you guys really kind of like just pacing out this is this is a one chocolate a week situation yeah sometimes it does get like that so like the the season two finale is basics that's basics part one and then season three basics part two and sometimes it's you know you, she really wants to go there but i am quite you know the the BA in me will not allow us to deviate from the schedule. And so it's, it is one a week. Occasionally we're away on the road or whatever. And so we don't, we miss a week. And so then we'll come back and we'll catch ourselves back up. Um, but 
yeah, rules are there, Dan, for a reason. You know that. Indeed, indeed. Remind me, where are you watching this, Paul? Uh, this is all seven seasons available on Star Trek on on, on Netflix. But yeah, Netflix. This 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 uh, this group of characters really start to gel in the second season. You got a better production quality than season one. It's on the up. Some characters changes are coming up, and you also get a really nice twenty fifth anniversary episode thrown in there as well. Because of course, this was this is showing how long ago it was. This is nineteen ninety five to nineteen ninety six. It's incredible how old it is. But yeah. Russian Doll and Voyager are my two things for the pod this week until we get to our movie of the week. So what about you? What have you been watching, sir? I've got a, a, a TV show and a movie for you this week. So the first one I'm going to talk about is the TV show. This is a Apple Apple TV show. I almost said Apple Plus because I'm Apple TV Disney, Plus. Disney Plus, Apple Plus, TV Plus, whatever. Um, this is a TV show called Tehran. And so this was recommended to me by my, my father-in-law, actually. And it is... Uh, it kind of has a little bit of a, a homeland vibe to me. I don't think to the same the same quality of homeland, and, and I'll get to that in a moment. But season one, eight episodes. Each episode is is kind of around the I think it's around around the hour mark. And so the basic premise here is it's about a Mossad agent who um, is basically deep undercover in Tehran and. As you would imagine, in all good spy thrillers, everything starts to unravel, and it's it's interesting because I I think of shows like like Homeland, which have really kind of like you know really done done the genre well, mm. and you know Apple TV they've got a real history of um, some good quality TV shows. This has been this came out in two thousand twenty, so I'm a, I'm a little bit late to the party. I do think it, it starts off really strong and then kind of loses a little bit of its uh, momentum. And it is it is heavily heavily subtitled TV show that sort of flicks in and out of English every now and again. But it's got some really sort of, I guess, like topical and kind of scary premises and sort of undertones to the whole TV show. And I'll, I'll just talk a little bit about the start of this TV show to sort of paint the picture. Um, it, this, this is these young young friends they're they're off on a, a holiday to India they um, they book the the cheapest flight they can um, and they book um, this flight or intentionally avoiding Tehran and the plane has some issues and so it has to land in Tehran and because they're Israeli, they're kind of like basically as soon as the plane lands, they start freaking out because they're instantly arrested mm. um, for, and it, it's it's just sort of spirals into this kind of like political thriller. It's 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 very much sort of spy versus spy, but it's not, you know, like in Homeland, it's quite sort of like it's 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 action packed. Yeah. Like you know, you you can be an action hero and you can be a spy and you can be a a top analyst and you can kind of piece together all the clues. This probably is a little bit more grounded in reality. Like this uh, particular um, Mossad agent that we're following, this is her her first real big job. And as it all starts to go wrong, she's kind of having to rely on her her training and her skills, but. 
she's not she's not Jake Bauer, she's not James Bond, she's not like involved in you know big extreme fights or anything. So it, it's almost kind of more on the uh, drama political end with little spikes in action. But it's a, I think it starts really strong. It gets a little bit slow in parts, but overall, I think they tell a, an interesting story. The poster has a real homeland vibe about it. It's like you could almost imagine Carrie Matheson in a similar sort of pose. Um, it appeals to me on two fronts: the the subject matter and the fact it's Apple TV Plus because that that platform has delivered for me many shows of high quality. So I sort of go run on faith with that. Um, Casting wise, with the exception of Glenn Close, um, who I have not seen in years in anything either, there's absolutely no one in the cast I recognise at all, which is sometimes really quite refreshing. We we um, when we were watching um, some other shows which we haven't finished yet, which I'll bring to the pod next week, my wife made the comment, "What is it with British actors and actually, you know, they always reuse the same." actors in these tv shows like are there no more and it's it is interesting because we do often see the same people cast over and over and so i think it's quite refreshing to have a, a whole new cast i'm curious as to um whether it's going to be on the up or not because you sort of mentioned about the first first season being real strong season two not so good and i see season three is also greenlit as well so so I've only watched season one. Oh, um, so season one gets worse towards the end is what you're saying. Is that what you mean? Yes, season Sorry. one gets worse. Yeah. Well, it, I don't think this is to the end. I think it kind of it gets a bit slow in the middle. Okay. And it's one of those shows I think it like starts super strong, slows down a little bit. It has some, it's a little bit of a, of a heartbeat to it, so it sort of is taking you up and down. I think it finishes relatively well. Um, Glenn Close actually doesn't come until the second season, I believe. Okay. Um, Apologies but, for but that. No, no, that's all right. I, it's there. There is one actor who I, we've seen in other shows, such as Homeland, which is um, Sean Toob. I'm not sure I'm saying his, his last name correct, but he often plays uh, uh, Israeli or Palestinian. Um, often plays a bit of a bad guy, and he he is fantastic in this. He oh, he plays such a, a great villain. Javadi. That's right. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So yeah, it's look. Season one is, I think season one is good. Season one is like only been eight episodes long. Like it's not an overly big commitment. Like you could watch it over a week and see whether it's for you. The good news, if it is for you, there's already a second season that's completely out, and there's season three on the way. Yeah. So it's look. It's if you're looking for something to kind of scratch that homeland itch, I think this could be it. But I think go into it with. Sl- lower expectations yeah. around the the action front yeah oh, i think that's that's the selling point for me because another show which you and i will talk about no doubt in the coming weeks jack ryan there's when i think about homeland and jack ryan there's that that sort of appeal there's a limited number of shows which i feel uh tick that box and also deliver the quality so i i've added this to list and i may well catch up with you for the season two perhaps Mm, mm. no so it's yeah it's good it's, it's something different um if you want to check it out it's on apple tv right to now the other thing i've watched is i'm actually i'm digging into my archives paul so this is this is going back to my america trip actually mm-hmm. um this is a movie i watched on the on the plane um that i've wanted to talk about so 
you, you know how it be. I do. So this is this is a, a 2022 movie called Vengeance, and it's um, written and directed by DJ Novik. Sorry, B, BJ Novik, who oh. uh, we probably most commonly know as Ryan mm. from The Office. Uh, this movie has kind of long been on my radar. I've been very excited to watch it. And when I saw it was on the plane, I, I couldn't help myself. So the basic premise of this movie is it's about a writer from New York who attempts to solve a, a murder of a girl he hooked up with and travels down south to investigate the circumstances of her death. And basically what this movie is for is this is, you know how there's all those podcasts around sort of unsolved murders and yep. Um, serial killers and stuff like that this is a movie so so bj novick basically he's kind of seen this girl but like real like he i think he's maybe seen her once or twice um Mm -hmm. but she's told her family that they're in a in a real serious relationship so he gets his phone call out of the blue that um that she's died by from her brother and her brother's like you've got to come down this is devastating and he's kind of like still trying to like who what sorry what what's her name and it's he's kind of a bit of he's a bit kind of down and out on his luck so he ends up going down there and turning it into a, a podcast and it's honestly a lot of fun there's a lot of kind of great um dark and dry humor i think bj novick smashed it this is his first movie um directorial sort of outing and it's this is a good one when this one finally i imagine this is going to appear on neon at some point this is one to watch it's i had some great laughs good story great twists and turns get involved bj novak is is fantastic and i mean as as ryan in the office i mean just absolutely brilliant but of course so always so much more than that as you know as we know in terms of his his ability his writing ability but you know this is the triple whammy here for him so he's he's written it he's directed it and he's the main star in it i mean i haven't seen him for a while so i'm straight away intrigued by that i love the the premise i love some of the support cast that i'm spotting here in in this as well there's a lot of things appearing here i love the poster even it, it's really good. It's got this this great kind of um, Western vibe. There's there's some fantastic, uh, probably a little bit more than cameos in this movie, but like good shout out with the supporting cast, like Boyd um, Holbrook, amazing, mm, mm. Aston Kutcher, amazing. It's even got John Mayer in it. Like there's there's <laughs> so many. There's there's just lots of great movies, great sort of moments, and I feel like it's one of those movies where you know, when you're an actor and you've kind of got your other actor buddies and you're kind of having great time on set. This feels like one of those movies where it's so, it's so just, it's so dry, but so dark. And it's just a great, it, I don't know whether I just sort of felt an affinity to it because of our podcast, but just kind of the, the notion of kind of hunting for the great story yeah. and trying to sort of solve it. And it was, it was a lot of fun. The the imagery, some of the images that sort of like show the, the, the the feel of this movie the it has a there's western vibes in there but there's a real um i don't know there's a there's a, a graininess or something to it that looks almost aged or something it's uh the, it looks well even just from watching the trailer while you were talking on mute i could see that it looks well made i'm i'm quite surprised based on what i'm thinking feeling and hearing from you that it's not rated any higher actually 
Yeah, I, I thought the rating was quite low, and I, maybe I was delirious from being thirty four thousand feet up in the air. But it was. I just I found myself having a great time, and I I as soon as I finished watching it, I was telling Samara all about it, and I was like, "You should watch this. You're really going to enjoy it." I I don't know whether I I sold it to her enough, but I think it was something of it, and I think there's some almost some undertones of the office in here like oh yeah but bj novick almost kind of like he almost is playing ryan when ryan goes to new york and he kind of becomes like like he's kind of a bit he's a bit slimy he's he's doing some shady new york things and then you kind of go into and into sort of deep america and it's kind of it's a little bit more wholesome but it's also got some really dark undertones underneath it all and i think it's it's just a a thoroughly enjoyable movie and, and something a little bit different. Brilliant. He, yeah, he, I mean, he wrote a fair few numbers of episodes of, of the office as well. So it's, it's no surprise almost to sort of hear that that sort of thing would be, would be coming through. And of course he was the producer for every single episode. So like I say, just a real talented guy. I, I, I love that sort of thing. Just on that basis alone, I would be there to watch it. Mm, mm, no definitely i hopefully we it's probably not too far away till we start seeing it on some standard streaming platforms in new zealand but when it comes out definitely check it out nice but that that is me for this week shall we jump into our movie of the week absolutely yeah so every week dan and i take it in turns to choose a movie we watch and review it on the podcast but a week before that we will publish what we're going to watch over in our Discord community. So if you want to watch along with us, you can do so. Uh, just click the link in the show notes, uh, sign up to our Discord, and find out what we're watching. And this week, Dan, we watched The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, which, as I understand, was going to be the title of your autobiography as well. It was. I'm going to have to come up with a new name now. Yeah. Um, this is a this is an interesting one. This is let, let me read out the synopsis to get everyone up to speed. If, if you're not aware of this one, in this action-packed comedy, Nicolas Cage plays Nick Cage, channeling his iconic characters as he's caught between a superfan played by Pedro Pascal and a CIA agent Tiffany Haddish. And so, the 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 premise of this movie is very much. Nicholas Cage being Nick Cage being being the sort of famous celebrity that he is he's got his great back catalogue of um Nick Cage movies Face Off Conair um The The Rock the list goes on and then you've got um Pedro Pascal who's who's in love with Nicholas Cage as an actor he collects props merchandise he's obsessed with him and they've kind of got this interesting thing going on i think with this movie where they're kind like you know because i think there's there's some weird stuff around nicholas cage right like there's there's this kind of particularly over the last sort of what decade or so he's kind of become a quirky character and i think this movie almost tries to capture that in a way and I think I couldn't think of someone better to pair him with than Pedro Pascal. Like we're in the era of Pedro Pascal. Like that guy can do no wrong. And so it was interesting kind of to see these two worlds collide. What did you think of this one? Oh, absolutely. I mean, what a choice in terms of, you know, you could play this type of movie and try and use, you know, many, many different actors sort of playing themselves, but who better than Nick Cage for this sort of role? This has really got me, my end result of this coming of this movie was just becoming a Nick Cage 
fan like i've always admired his work and i enjoyed a lot of his work and when we we talked about the peak performance and we we talked about a lot of the 90s stuff and yes a lot of his stuff recently has been um less than what it was with the exception for certain uh of of pig that we watched uh, a while ago uh, and some of the voiceover work like the crudes this movie just brought out all the things I love about Nick Cage for me. And now I feel it's got me hyped for anything that he's going to do now. Um, that's, you know, that's not of a straight to DVD type affair. I thought this movie was genuinely, you know, an original idea. I thought it was with the exception of something like being John Malkovich, I haven't seen anything quite like this. Um, really funny and a really clever, enjoyable way poking fun at just the right level you know he really put himself on the line in, in some respects and some of the you know, some of the dialogue that he would have read in the script you know about people saying oh your your career is over and all the rest of it um i just and some of the one-liners particularly from cage were just superb but him opposite pedro pascal who you know 2023 really is the year of pedro pascal i thought this movie was absolutely superb I think uh, in the Discord channel, um, Sade or sort of mentioned like you know it, it, this movie does kind of have a bit of a a tonal shift from the first half to the second half. Yeah, and I think because the the very the the front part of this movie is almost kind of the the uncomfortableness of hanging out with Nick, Nick Cage and him just kind of being at this kind of weird point in his career. And then by the time we get into the second half of the movie, we're kind of almost in a uh, action comedy um, that's a little bit slapstick at times. And so it kind of like tonally shifts around it a does. little bit. But I I kind of enjoyed that because I don't think I would have wanted a whole movie of just kind of one tone. Like It, it was kind of good to go on that sort of roller coaster ride. Yeah, I thought the balance, I definitely agree with what you're saying, but I thought the balance of comedy was still there throughout. I think this this um, this uh, introduction of this CGI Nick Cage, like a young Nick Cage coming out, you know, it's a bit a bit spoilerish to, to mention that, but it's my one criticism of the movie was that I thought the CGI was a bit cheap, but the idea of him... Uh, having these visual um, hallucinations of a young Nick Cage shouting at him, you know, from what he was like in his prime again, brought that comedy element and that started early in the movie. I know I th there was that sort of tonal change, but I do, I did find at no point that it not feel right. And the flow of it went on. I think it needed to go a little bit slapstick at times. And the, the more outrageous the comedy became, the the more I was laughing, it's, it's it's a rare movie for me where again putting aside this what I would consider to be sort of Tiger from the Walking Dead CGI quality, I would say I don't have any criticisms of this movie. I just had a really great time from start to finish. And actually, it got me thinking like who else could be in this type of movie? Yeah. Like you know, if it, if it wasn't Nick Cage, Steven like, Seagal, kind of feels like I, I was going to say Steven Seagal, like he would be the natural next choice for me. Yeah, I think. Um, it, this, I mean, how do you say this nicely? Because there is a certain caliber of, of actors that that have had th those high high moments, and then perhaps have you know had very tangible moments where it's just not been the same. And I feel like Seagal is a, an obvious choice, but Nick Cage is leagues above him in my mind in terms oh, of this role. 
I completely agree. I think the the difference is, I think Nick Cage can kind of poke fun at himself yeah. and still do a great job. Whereas I think Steven Seagal would take this very seriously, and it wouldn't. It, it wouldn't. wouldn't work, it, I don't no. think it would work. But it's um. Look, I thought this was a a, a fun movie. I. I kind of enjoyed that it was it was kind of a popcorn movie, yep. and I kind of went into it with, um, you know, kind of no real expectations. I remember seeing the trailer a long time ago. It kind of sparked some interest, and I think it's a it's a good fun watch. And I think, as we say, when you're in the season of uh, Pedro Pascal, you can't go wrong. I do wonder, Dan, because I kind of like feel like I would I would like a little bit more of the of this this idea this character in the cage this way it's done but this movie felt to me like it was kind of finished up and wrapped up nicely and i just wonder you know would you would you get that lightning again would it strike twice or should we leave it be i think i would probably leave it be i think yes there's potential for more story but i i think it's kind of like cuteness and its charm is is and it's one-off nature um i think to do it again it's probably like i just don't know if it would review well i i I think it would feel forced if it was me i would leave it there okay fair enough i um if it's if that's what it is then i'm quite happy with it it is something i would revisit i think it would be a fun rewatch um and some of the support cast that's in us and the cameos we get which you know i won't mention as spoilers but they were quite quite funny as well i just thought all round it was well made it was well produced it was uh, a good balance of action and of humor and of that introspective look and i i loved every time there was a nicholas cage movie playing somewhere or a scene or he referenced something i just that sort of humor that sort of self-mocking really appeals to me I think too, like they probably had to jump through a fair few hoops as well, right? To kind of reference all of these movies, and it's it, it's it's kind of special in its own regard. Yeah, oh, it is too, and yeah, I'd be really keen to hear anyone else who's who's watched it what their their thoughts are on it because um, again, it's a movie that's rating okay, but not as highly as I'm probably rating it because mm-hmm. I'm I feel like I'm a harsh critic of comedies actually, and this one really ticks a lot of boxes for me. It's funny because I've been thinking about what is my my guns akimbo rating for this one. Mm. And I it's I feel like it loses points on like probably its rewatchability and it's kind of like it feels like a movie I I I've seen it I don't need to rush out and watch it again. Right. But it feels a little bit harsh like I like it's probably middle of the road for me like maybe a two and a half guns. Oh wow. See I'm coming in all the guns and I feel Ooh. like I could not only could I rewatch, I feel like I could rewatch quite quite soon. I felt that there was enough in there for me. And it's an odd thing for me, Dan, because as I said, I like Nick Cage, but he's not been a go to for me. But now I'm like, I could go watch National Treasure. I feel like there's a lot of stuff I want to go and reappreciate of his work. I just for some reason that's really hit the mark for me. So it's uh it's an all the guns for me. Wow, we we're a little bit out of sync, but we it's weird because it's like we're out of sync on the score, but we both had a good time watching yeah, it. So that's right, that's true. Mm, yeah. mm, mm. This is uh, on Neon. If you want to check it out here in New Zealand, so Dan, pick of the week, please. What are you going to give me as your best of the week? I I think I'm going to go with Vengeance, yeah. just because I it, it was a, a surprise and delight, and I had such a good time. How about yourself? Well, to to give it. 
the full sort of context when I sort of touched on it at the start of my review and I mentioned it was in the mix. The reason it was in the mix was because I'd already pre-selected it. Russian Doll gets my pick of the week. I do have to caveat it with a little asterisk saying season one of Russian Doll. I found season one quite standout. As I say, I would have put it as a top 10 for 2019 if I'd watched it in Mm -hmm. 2019. And as much as I enjoyed Nick Cage as a series, Russian Doll season one is, is, is really superb. It's good. It's a good shout. I I love what you're bringing to the pod. I appreciate it, Dan. Shall I? I'll, I'll stay on in my job. My job's safe. <laughs> you're safe. You're safe for now. We will be having cut packs this year, but I, um, heard, I think I you should that. be okay. Yeah. yeah. Shall I take us on over to the news yeah, desk? Let's go. All right. So obviously it's been Super Bowl weekend um, in the good old US of A. So. The good thing about Super Bowl weekend for for us is we get unlimited movie trailers oh, yeah. and a whole bunch of new information. So we've got God, a lot dropped in the pool. So we've got we've got the Flash, we've got Guardians of the Galaxy, um, we've got uh, Indiana Jones, we've got Transformers, we've got sixty five, we've got it, it's it's always a good time, and it's I love that kind of throughout the Super Bowl, all the stuff kind of gets built up. You then get to sort of go on a bit of a uh, a viewing spree and uh, check out some of your, your favourite upcoming franchises. Did any stand out for you this season? They really did, Dan. And I have to say that the trailer for The Flash uh, really hit every note I needed it to hit. And I will be attending that movie at the movie at the cinema. Uh, I I couldn't be more excited about it. It was it was it was great, and um, it's also tinged with sadness when we also you know because the whole Ezra Miller you know situation is just it's just horrible, and and so yeah, it is what it is. But um, no, that was a that was a good one. I watched a lot more trailers, and I I tried to be good in 2022. 2023 pool has been real hit me and <laughs> so i watched all of them and i'll be honest the transformers one looked good but then i thought am i interested in the beasts or am i just actually going to be turning up for optimus prime and the usual guys i don't know and the indie trailer was 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 good fun as well i'm really hyped about that movie so all in all uh what i saw i was really really uh really impressed what about you um to be honest with you Paul, i've i've kind of been avoiding all the trailers oh. so not necessarily not necessarily like I've I've been trying to more be good about not watching them so that I, I kind of get the the surprise factor. And probably in an annoying way for yourself is because none of them are super jumping out at me as a as must watch, I, I kind of feel like the more surprise I can have is probably gonna be the more enjoyment I'm gonna get out of some yeah. of these films. Oh, like yeah. There's no, there's no doubt I'm going to go see The Flash. There's no doubt I'm going to see Indiana Jones. There's no doubt I'm going to see yeah. um, Guardians of the Galaxy. So, but I'm. I'm not, uh, my hype level was sort of in check. In saying that, I have seen a few, and I know he's not your most favourite person in the world, but James Gunn's, he's really talking up the flash. He's saying it's one of the best superhero movies mm. that he's ever seen. And uh, that's a big call, especially when, you know, he's been he's been working for the other team. Yeah. He's now heading up DC. Like, this is big. Yeah, no, that I, I did read that, and it, it is big. And that also, I hope, fills me with hope as well. But, um the one thing I will say about avoiding trailers and all the rest of it is within an hour of me having watched the trailer, I then 
without looking for it in any way, shape or form, then saw images from the trailer in multiple Mm -hmm. places, which were the sort of the big reveal moments for me, at least in the trailer. And it's kind of like, I would rather have seen it in context in trailer rather than it being a, a, you know, clickbait on some, some new site or something. So, um, yeah. I think that's fair. Look, I'm, look, I'm, 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 I'm probably a good trailer, but I just, nothing's, nothing's been sort of rushing me to see it. I get it. I'll, um, I'll jump along into some other topics on the news desk today. So speaking of, um, I guess, superheroes, so Marvel president um, Kevin Feige admits that there is too many MCU shows on Disney+. And I think that is a... It is interesting, I think, Paul. You know, when you know, we often have these sort of big conversations around. Mm. I did a whole bunch of sort of Marvel rewatching. You know, we've talked about how kind of difficult it is to kind of like, if you want to watch it all, there's just so much there, and particularly with all of these, I think, different streaming platforms, you know, particularly Disney Plus, wanting to build all their own content. There is so much there, so it really does sort of speak to the point. Like it's harder to kind of hit that magic moment when there's just so much content. Yeah, it is a really interesting comment for someone in that position to say. And um, I feel uh, sort of stunted. I feel unable to really comment at length because I'm not in amongst that that universe like like you and many other people are. So I really don't know what to say other than. It's it was as almost as interesting as what James Gunn had to say those two things. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Marvel, they have also revealed that they they have some some ideas in mind for a fourth Spider-Man film, which I think is interesting. Like a a lot has happened in the the Spidey verse, um, and the fact that they're working on a fourth movie is is very interesting. So on one hand maybe too many tv shows on the other hand they've got more movie ideas kind of in the works but it is again it is interesting i i even find myself kind of a little bit falling out of the marvel universe because i i think there was just so much and i i haven't found myself as as hooked in in this uh sort of phase phase four and five but we'll see there there's definitely certain certain superheroes that i I want to see more of Um, Ted Lasso season three that will be arriving on Apple Plus on the 15th of March with new episodes dropping every Wednesday, which will probably be Thursday for us here in New Zealand. Such a long wait. Exciting it's been time. Such a long wait for that third season. Cannot wait. Mm. It's going to be good. I, I wonder whether there'll be a, a little bit of Welcome to Wrexham kind of tie in somewhere here. I, I feel like there's, there's almost got to be, you know, but oh, we'll see. That could be really interesting. Mm. Um, what else? Th- this will be right up your alley, Paul. Barney, the TV show, is getting a reboot. <laughs> Br- brand new look and feel, probably animated. That's right up my alley, Dan. You're absolutely right. Incredible. Indeed, indeed. Final bit of news from me. Arrested Development will soon disappear from Netflix. And look, this is interesting because, you know, Netflix kind of brought Arrested Development back. They they actually produced uh, seasons four and five. Interesting that it's going to be disappearing. Because I've been thinking about this show a lot over the last few weeks and, and thinking to myself, is it time for a rewatch? But I think I've missed the boat. Mm. Like, I, I, where, where's, why it, are they taking it away? Where is it going? What's the 
well, they haven't got any space on the server. What, I don't understand. Why are they taking it away? What's the story? Mm, that would probably be a news article for a full, a fully funded, fully resourced news desk. <laughs> I'm only, I'm, I'm giving, I'm, I'm giving you highlights. Yeah. So, I would imagine what's going to happen is it's going to appear on another platform somewhere. Mm-hmm. But I think the the interesting thing about it is obviously the first three seasons probably have different licensing rights, but seasons four and five. I would have been would have thought Netflix would have had more uh, control over, but it would probably kind of seem weird to just have seasons four and five. But stranger things have been done, so it, it, this is a quirky one because it's not really since we've had the, uh, you know, like Daredevil and Punisher, how they kind of got taken away, but they were Netflix produced. But this has kind of got another layer of uh, complications with it. Yeah, that does indeed. Mm. Have you watched the rest of the development pool? Is this no? It's I, I, I it's there on the list. I have I haven't told you what I've started watching. Um, and I, no, I'm not talking about Ozark. That's still to come. I'm talking about I've started a, a comedy watch uh, based on a recommendation from you, and uh, it's going well. But it does mean that there's no room on the schedule for a, another mm. another palate mm-hmm. cleanser. I get it. I get it. Well, hopefully it reappears um, somewhere that we have access to because this is a good show. I, I think the the first three seasons are definitely my favourite. But um, that is me, Paul. Anything from you on the news desk? Not really newsworthy. No, no. The trailers were the big thing for me. Um, Halfmeasurespodcast.com, Dan. Our, da- Never heard of our, our database now has over 800 uh, reviews the tv series movies peak performances so if you're looking for something specific go check out what we've already reviewed and the reason i kind of sort of flag this as news down is because i am now 95 percent certain that we have the largest database of tv movie reviews in new zealand so if you know of another one let us know because our closest rival we've gone past that so i mean i don't want to sort of start saying we're number one if there's someone else out there but I'm feeling confident then. That is, even, even I'm gobsmacked at that number, Paul. Like that's, like who would have thought? Yeah, you know, eight hundred reviews. Yep, they're all yeah, go crazy. Go check it to click on TV reviews, movie reviews. It's it's the it's all there. The the evidence is there. So um so yeah so that was that was a uh, pretty interesting. Um and look, it's not really news, but it's happening as this podcast goes live on on the 17th of February, and that is, of course, Picard Season 3, Episode 1, which is essentially The Next Generation Season 8, Episode 1. And I am so hyped for that and confident that the disappointment that I had for Season 2 will be soon a distant memory, so I'm ultra-hyped to be talking about Picard. I will wait until the full season drops before I review it, but yeah, it starts as this podcast drops. Awesome. Looking forward to hearing more about that. Hopefully it's uh, a little bit better than season two. Oh, I, I really, I have a, I have a good feeling about this. Um, mailbag. Uh, firstly, first shout out for the mailbag. I'd like to say, uh, appreciate them. The messages we have received from people checking in with us that we're doing okay. And particularly uh, those messages are coming from overseas people who listen to us who, you know, obviously have heard New Zealand is in trouble and obviously they're not entirely sure if we're impacted so i guess living where we do in the near the capital we're sort of a bit more sheltered but appreciate the messages all the same 
also had some feedback from some listeners how much they enjoyed the Star Wars special episodes that we did back to back for four episodes. Um, for example, uh, Jamie Kay from Australia said he enjoyed them whilst driving 10 hours from Melbourne to Sydney. And I really loved the idea of that because I, you know, you go on a run of episodes of a podcast when you're, you're on like a long journey or you're, I don't know, you're in the garden for five hours or, or whatever it is. I love that. So that was great to hear. And similarly, we had uh, we also had feedback the other way. So, for example, Jacinta from the Mighty Hut here in New Zealand commented how glad she was to have us back on our regular format after, and I quote, all the Star Wars talk. Um, so I'm glad also that the regular format was also missed as well. That's good. And I know we've had a, a couple of people with uh, some interesting uh, opinions on their, their ranking in order of the Star Wars movies. Yes. So, look, we, we love to hear what other people's views are. So feel free to reach out to us anytime. Share your ranked list. 100% do that, please. Um, speaking of uh, the the regular format, so uh, if we have a look at last week, um, you talked about the the Lazarus project and we had uh, Nicola from from somewhere in the UK uh, she liked your review of the Lazarus project Dan and also added that her son is working on season two with the cast and crew and she loves hearing all about the behind the scenes stuff all the time how awesome would that be to be working on a show like that or or to, to have someone who's just coming home from work and being like so what happened today wouldn't that be amazing it would be amazing. Just imagine having a parent that's proud of you, Paul. Incredible. <laughs> that as well. That <laughs> is it too much to ask. Um, what else have we got here? Um, so also from last week, uh, movie of the week last week, we had uh, Knives Out 2, Glass Onion. Uh, Nat from Wellington uh, commented, he also liked the movie, but to him it felt like it was almost the fourth movie in the series instead of it being the second. Um, and I kind of... I think we sort of almost touched on that, didn't we? How it was like um, there was nothing in there that specifically um, meant that it had to be uh, either a prequel or a sequel, or there was nothing that tied it beyond Daniel Craig's character. So I, I quite like the idea that it felt like the fourth movie in a series. I, I was going to say that feels like the perfect summary, doesn't yeah. it? Like the fourth movie. Like it, it kind of had that... I feel that laziness is too too much of a strong word, but it had that kind of element to it, didn't it? So that's really, yeah, I like it. Uh, what else have we got here? Oh, so finish off with our peak performance. So last week we had uh, Tommy Lee Jones. Uh, we had Jason from Poirot went with the first Men in Black movie. Uh, Sir Bruce Gray from Scotland. He also went with The Fugitive, as I did. Shannon from Wellington went with... Uh, Double Jeopardy. That is a movie I don't think I've seen since it originally aired in the 90s, Double Jeopardy. Uh, Diana from Capity, also with The Fugitive. And Paddy from Time Traveling Team Podcast, uh, 321 from Paddy. Men in Black, No Country for Old Men. And Pete Performance was also The Fugitive. That's the mailbag then. Very, very good. I I love hearing people's I love hearing people's views when they're a little bit different to or they bring a movie that we haven't heard about for a long time. Mm, me so. too. Very good. Shall we jump into our peak performance? Yeah, absolutely. So 
every week we take it in turns to choose someone from the TV movie industry, look back on their work and try and pick out what we think is the best. This week, Dan, it was your choice and you've sent us back to the director's chair, which is always a bit of fun. And this week's director is none other than James Cameron. Indeed. I just felt like after all that talk about Avatar last week, then we've we've got to talk about James Cameron. And he's got so many great – it's actually quite hard to choose too. So Mm. I'm envious of the the patties of the universe who are going to bring in three movies. But I'm going to go with, uh, I think for my honourable mention, I'm going to go with 1986 Aliens. I, You and I are both big fans of the, the Aliens franchise. I think the second movie is such a, 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 a great movie, well-written, well-directed, great kind of space horror, amazing cast, uh, a, a real standout movie from, from my childhood. Um so honourable mention there. In fact, I, I could almost easily swap around my honourable mentions mm. in my first place. But my my peak performance, I can't go past Terminator 2 Judgment Day. And I think the reason I can't go past it is this is a movie that I've seen so many times in my life and it really just stands the test of time. And it's it feels like it's a classic 90s movie that is just as much fun to watch in 2023 as it was to watch in, in 1991. Um, again, fantastic writing, fantastic direction, awesome cast. This this really is the movie, like for me, the, the Terminator movie that everyone kind of knows this movie. And it's, it's just such a pop culture classic. So Aliens and Terminator 2 for me. How about yourself? Great choices, Dan. This doesn't happen very often, so I'll just rip the band-aid off right away. We are a hundred percent in sync. Identical. My honorable mention is the same as yours, Aliens, nineteen eighty six. Um everything you just said, Dan. For me, I always remember saying, you know, this it was always so hard, I would say, to follow the Ridley Scott original, which that movie sits at number four on my all time top ten movies list. But James Cameron delivers something very different and yet perfectly sequel worthy. And we talked about this when we did our alien special back all the way back in episode 97, you know, as writer directors go, he, he, he's surely top of the pack. The action in this movie is wrapped up so much compared to the original alien. And yet it's, and it's got, you know, the Marines, so many of the, the great lines, the game over, man, it is absolutely brilliant. And, the director's cut is exceptional. So Aliens is my honorable mention. And yeah, peak performance. It's just, just one of the greatest cinema experiences of all time for me. And I, I still remember there's a few movies I can remember from the sort of like the eighties and nineties walking out of, and this 1991 coming out of Terminator two, just absolutely, you know, just blown away. I, I mean, I love this franchise and in the, you know, I did the rewatch of all six films, just over a year ago and and this film came on top this is this is peak schwarzenegger and um, you know both you and i had this movie as a peak performance for schwarzenegger when we did him as well linda hamilton absolute badass edward furlong who's you know his career maybe took it off but he was just right as john connor robert patrick as the t1000 the dyson story the music everything here just works it is an absolutely exceptional movie so, yeah, same as you, Dan, with those two. Just five years between our two picks, 86 to 91. 
I love it. When I was recently in America and sort of driving along the, the highway and you kind of see those those big sort of open, yeah. uh, you, you know, the area. I mean, I, I cannot help, I cannot drive through the area without thinking how cold it would be to, like, drive your truck off there or, like, drive your motorbike down there. It was, it's, it's pure T2 experience. Yeah, I love it. It really is. I mean, I, I honestly think, and I'm not going to go into a big conversation about it now because we've done it before, but all of the subsequent movies and the TV show and any future sequels that come all come on the strength of this movie. It's this movie that really did, did what it did for, for the whole Terminator franchise. Absolutely superb. Indeed. Indeed. Quality ball. Well, that probably brings us to the end of another episode of the half measures podcast. It does indeed. Thank you as always for listening in, uh, get in touch. Let us know, what you would pick out from the James Cameron Cameron uh, catalogue. And if you've got a comment about anything we've reviewed, um, get in touch with us. Also, a very special shout-out to our Patreon producers, Samara Whiting-King, Diana Kanawa, and Michael Chalmers. If you too would like to become a Patreon producer of the show, then you can find those details in the show notes below. But until next week, everyone, adios.